everyone and welcome to my apartment in Washington DC. It's great to be able to join you remotely this morning. And my goodness, what a Jonah year we are having, right? You know that part of the story where Jonah prophesied something and it didn't come to pass? It was the destruction of Nineveh. And so he goes and he sits down in the shade of a bush and then a worm comes along and eats up his one little bit of shade. And Jonah gets very upset. Oh, it would be better if I were to die because his bush wilted. Oh, Jonah. Cute. You want to know what's happening in my Jonah year? Well, in the last six months, my job description changed abruptly and now I'm apparently the Reverend Mother Technological Broadcasting Wizard. How about you? How is your Jonah year going? Pandemic been going good? Enjoying all the Zoom meetings? How's online virtual school? And now, how about these fires that are just destroying our state? The fires are so catastrophic that we've had the smoke all the way over here in D.C. And now apparently there's a flood warning covering up half of the forest nearby and poking a little finger right at Eugene. I mean, come on already. This is getting ridiculous by now. I hope you know that you've all been in my fervent prayers for a nice Oregon rain. Not the flooding type. Just one of the slow, steady ones that will calm the fires and wash the skies clean. I am wishing most of all for clear air for all of you. As for our readings today, I've actually preached on this passage before at St. Mary's. It was 2011. We had just had our parking lot sale. Remember those days when our idea of a stressful week was because we were having a parking lot sale? Good times! Over the last nine years, you and I have seen a lot. And it's been very different than what we expected. Today's gospel is all about the unfair. Workers who do an unequal amount of work are paid exactly the same. So am I saying that our God is essentially an unfair God? It is a really great question when millions of acres of forest have burned all around my former home and when the highway that I live right near is now regularly being shut down by protesters crying out for justice. It might feel as though God is being willfully deaf to our pleas. And you all know that I'm actually biologically deaf for real, so honestly, God doesn't have a good excuse like I do for not listening to people. We enter today's gospel with disciples gathered around Jesus who's telling parables. The disciples have wanted to know about the kingdom of heaven. What will it be like? The disciples had fairly high expectations for themselves. They've done the most work they expect to reap the most reward. Jesus responds with the story of a vineyard owner who's quite simply either a spendthrift idiot or a person so wealthy that money means nothing to him. He goes out at 9 a.m., 12 a.m., 3 p.m. and hires workers every time. Oh, so he's bringing down the unemployment rate. Seems like a good idea, right? And at the end of the day, he tells his foreman to start with the last shift, 
and to pay the last shift first. Anyone else seeing the logistical problem with that? Personally, if I was the vineyard owner, I would have started with the first hired workers and paid them first, and then they would have no reason to be peeping over the shoulders of the later hired workers. They'd never know about the equality of wages paid for unequal work, and they would have all been blissfully ignorant. That is not how it works in Jesus's world. He's not actually telling us a factual story. He's making up a parable in order to prove a point. The vineyard owner paid the workers in a way that was almost guaranteed to cause discord. This is not exactly savvy business behavior, but Jesus isn't giving a TED talk on vineyard ownership. He's setting up an implausible scenario on purpose so that we will pay attention to the unfairness in the story. Now, I happen to be a middle child. I have big time issues with fair. I understand unfair very well. I bet you these last few weeks, we all have a lot of unfair complaints that we could bring to the table. We'll give you a few seconds, just think of a few. Unfair is almost like a feeling. However, fair is not actually a theological term. Fair isn't even in the theological dictionary. I know. I looked it up. God isn't concerned with fairness. God is concerned rather with justice and mercy. Justice and mercy, not fairness, is actually what our gospel is about. God has no desire to give us what we fairly are owed. God's plan for us involves justice rolling down like waters and mercy flowing like a stream. Justice is defined in the book that I just threw across the room as classically the concept of each person receiving what is due. Biblically, the emphasis is on right relationship and persons receiving a share of the resources for society. Basically, concern is expressed for the oppressed and for right treatment of the weakest and the least. Injustice, we're expected to offer grace to each other. How about the idea of mercy? That's another one that's in that theological dictionary. It's from the Latin misericordia and means kind and compassionate treatment, extending biblically to forgiveness and the gracious bestowal of that which is not deserved. Mercy is considered to be an important descriptor of God's character and God's activities. So this gospel is not actually a story about people getting what is fair. It's about justice and mercy. The vineyard owner offers justice and mercy in how each person receives a share of the resources of society in sufficient amounts to live a decent life. Justice and mercy guide our concern for the oppressed to offer what is not deserved. And justice and mercy are not comfortable because we have to throw out what is fair. God really is not a fair God. But we're not called to the Christian way of life so that we can be fair to everyone. Instead, we are called 
in our baptismal vows to strive for justice and peace and to respect the dignity of every human being. It's a basic tenet of our identities as Episcopalians that we are called to pursue justice, not actually fairness. The parable of the equally paid vineyard workers tells us a story of unfairness wrapped in justice and mercy. And sometimes just, uh, justice and unfairness together can feel just right. Like back in the days of the parking lot sale, all the pilgrims worked together. Everyone shared in the proceeds regardless of who sold the most stuff. Other times, unfairness aggravates. Honestly, 2020 has been a pretty aggravating year. What can it look like to strive for justice and peace when the world around us is literally on fire? This story is actually our story, as well as one that was given to the disciples. Jesus tells us that in God's kingdom, God's intention is for every soul to have enough. What is so challenging right now is that what is happening to us is a giant global trauma. When we are going through a trauma, it is really difficult to see beyond the borders of ourselves. The challenge in the midst of a trauma when we're living through it like we are right now is often for us to de-escalate from the trauma enough to make space in our souls so that we can see others. It is really important to name that these things that we're seeing in the world around us are not normal. Facing the world in this more realistic way helps us to reconcile what our brains are seeing with what our bodies are feeling. You're not insane. This is not a normal world right now. So we just handled the psychology. How about the spiritual part? If I realize that I have enough, can I then make space for others to have enough of their own? I'm less jealous of their blessings when I know that I have enough for myself. But how do we do that? I know that some people do things like a daily gratitude practice. They, you know, name things, whatever it might be, however large or small, and they name the things that they are thankful for to keep those physically as a reminder to themselves. Another great practice is actually our Episcopal prayers for the people. If you've ever noticed, they are both small and broad. They pray for ourselves, but they also pray for everybody else. They ask for prayers for what we need, but they also ask prayers for our thanksgivings. So they're large and they're small. And let me show you one more thing. This one is a, um, a hand prayer, and it's loosely based off of a technique that I've done with my psychology patients, when we're trying to find ways to help a person with anxiety deal with some of the very present and persistent symptoms that are troubling them at the moment. So a hand prayer is based off of a technique that's intended to help a person ground themselves in their physical bodies. 
So you're going to need your hands for this. And you're gonna hold up your non-dominant hand. I usually face them to each other like this, but I'm gonna hold it up this way so you can see what I'm doing. And the prayer goes like this. Oh God, grant your protection and with your protection, strength. With strength, understanding. With understanding, knowledge. With knowledge, the love of justice. With justice, the love of all things. With the love of all things, peace. If you can't remember the words, you can do it just simply breathing. Breathing in and out, and in and out. The physical sensation of the touch on your hand helps bring people back into their bodies. And the guided breathing that you're doing can help to slow your heart rate and your breathing so that you are working towards a more peaceful place within your own soul. And if you remember, this gospel is calling us to be a people of justice and mercy. And you also have vowed to strive for justice and peace. So we've got to work to find ways to make space for that peace in our souls so that we can strive for the justice that we want to see in the world around us. People of St. Mary's, all blessings on you in the midst of a very, very demanding time. And please know you will remain in my prayers and in my thoughts and that I hope very dearly for a calm, cool, steady rain to come and quiet the fires in Oregon. So please, may God's blessings be with you, and Christ's peace be with you, and the Spirit's outpouring be with you, now and always. Amen.